0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is Standing in Two Worlds with Dr. Sam Juni from Yerushalayim Irak Yiddish. I'm Avram Kivelovich. Sam, I think uh, today's Day of the Yomer, I think, is 23, and I don't know when people will be listening to this, but I think Eretz Yisrael is going into... Um, They've passed their Yom Hazikaron and Yom Atzimut that we talked about last week, and there is a a surge now in <laughs> not not in COVID uh, cases, but the surge and the feeling for Lagba Imer. <clears throat> and we know that uh, for many many years uh, this meant pilgrimages to Meron, and not just the pilgrimage to Meron, but also what it was attended with it. Um, we 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 know from 18th and uh, 19th century reports of throngs of people, uh, huge fires, the madurot, the um, the halakha, the cutting of the hair, but it, it turned mu- into much more than that. Um, in, in modern Israel, it turned into parties, picnics, animals that would be <laughs> taken to be shechted, um, uh, a huge a huge tourist attraction, so to speak, uh, built around a mystical spiritual idea that was somewhat vague in the sources. My point to you is is that I understood this happening in Eretz Israel with all the attendant uh, time and energy as something that was primarily due to the influence of the Oriental Sephardic Jews. There's no question about it that the Kabbalists had a big role in creating Lagba Omer as a holiday, and both of us probably benefited from it than the way we celebrate it here in the states but the idea of uh of a uh, a holiday with such i would say i wouldn't call it bacchanalian but with such a um uh a push and such an aggressive way i think is really a, a byproduct of of the sephardic influence um where and it's not just what we would call, you know, the, the Pushtaki Grub Sephardi. We're talking really about even the sfardim from Bnei Brak, who, who sit and learn and are part in some ways of the Lithuanian world. They feel how it's important to be part of this event, part of this sort of Hajj type of event of of going there and being part of the people and, 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 and sort of locking hands um, with others that aren't as religious in what we would call sort of, it's almost like a primitive expression of religiosity and fervor. And I guess my point here is, it got me thinking about the Sephardic footprint in Eretz Yisrael. Um, Lag Bomer, I guess, is a case where they could say, look what we have given you. We've given you this this, this new holiday. And it's because of us that so many Orthodox and, and, and people are, are celebrating it. But in many ways, the Sephardim have felt underrepresented. Uh, as you know, um, the Jewish state was primarily pushed by the Eastern European Ashkenazi intellectuals. They were the ones who were formulating the ideas of what Zionism should be in the, uh, in the new 20th century. They were the ones who uh, packed the Knesset, and they were happy to, to pay lip service to the Orientals who were going to come in and and be part of their community. But the seats of power were always held by uh, these uh, Ashkenazim. And I know that in your um, sociological, psychological studies of this country that is now yours, that you are a citizen of, you've seen these rifts between Sephardim and Ashkenazim. Um, and you know well the difference, the dynamic between them. So I think in this period of sort of Sephardic ascendancy, I think it's time for you to give us your take on the differences between the Sephardic and Ashkenazi culture. And- Sephardim
1: suffer from an inferiority complex, period. And I would say the mixture that's happened over here, they came in to a uh, country where the power structure was totally beyond them they were pushed around forever and their way of life and their scholarship and their perspective on the holy books was denigrated there's no question about that and i'd say that goes from the histat root in terms of worker ability to the educational system in terms of quotas whether they believe it or not to housing to Scholarship, to, to, from scholarship. I think the idea that you find that Svardim are becoming yeshivish in the way they look and the way they dress, you find almost no um, self-respecting Ashkenazi putting on the turban, and calling <laughs> themselves Baba. No, that's there. There isn't a feeling of inferiority. And to me, culturally, taking a step back since I wear several hats, I see very much of a parallel to the Black Liberation Movement, the Black Liberation Movement in the United States has not achieved real self-respect among Blacks. What you have is fighting, oppositionalism, warlike—I mean, um, Malcolm X kind of kind of activism, which is there just to shake the ground up. But they're not there yet. There isn't that kind of feeling that yes, we are um, equal. But different. That's not there. The inferiority is there. And of course, they had history of oppression much longer and much worse than we have here, because in terms of official identity, nobody will impugn the true Judaism or the belonging of the Swadim to Israel. If anything, they'll see them as belonging here more. But other than that, they are in an uphill battle. And, you know, luminaries like Rav Yosef did a lot for them, there's no question, but the fact that Rav Yosef used a methodology which was essentially derided by the Ashkenazi scholars. Okay, here's, I mean, I've seen people just poking fun. Oh, he decides how to do things by a simple count of them, thousands of posts that he can cite. That was seen as kind of, you know, uh, silly from the Ashkenazi point of view. So, um, if there's going to be blending, and there is, most of the blending is happening by de the Sephardim. It's not happening by adopting um, Sephardi norms by the Ashkenazim other than foods and kiba. And of course, <laughs> there's a push here to start using kitneo to get the base and to, to let you drop some of the chumrod uh, 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 that many of the Ashkenazim has brought in. But other than that, it's essentially a one-way street because of the uh, power structure, and I don't see it as changing much, because there isn't the profound respect there. There's nothing they can point to, at least in an organized way, saying, look how much better we do this than you do. Other than being combative, being able to fight off certain enemies, being quick, quick on the draw, the fact that, uh, let's say, the new ideal uh, Israeli who's seen as the opposite of the victims, going back to Yom HaShoah, right? The Svardim can epitomize that more than the Ashkenaz.
0: So, so it's in other words, just to be specific, in the highest echelons of power, all we need to do is look at the the names of the prime ministers who ran the government. I don't remember so, a Svardi who was running the, the minister,
1: government. And the, and the ministers. How many ministers do you have who are Svardim? Or Ethiopian,
0: very very few. Right. So we do see that you know if we talk about from Ben Gurion or Eshkol, Golda Meir, um, Begin, um, uh, there's uh, Barak, right. Yeah, Ehud, maybe Ehud Barak might have been someone who was. Uh, 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 I don't, know, I don't if, know where he was from but Shimon Peres and uh and and of course uh, Shamir all of them were as Ashkenazi as you could get. Uh, they probably had d- blatant
1: derision. I mean open yeah. derision, no question.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um so you know that is definitely uh, something which I know Raham Avadia pushed of course for the Shas party and for this uh, Sephardi pride and um, uh, it, it's interesting that you feel however in terms of of battlefield courage heroics and and other things you think that uh that the Sephardi DNA lends itself more to the better soldier
1: well I didn't really say heroics I would say more in terms of willingness to fight and having you really your heart and it, rather than something you do to meet girls or whatever you know the motivation <laughs> <laughs> so we got they are very enthusiastic, very nationalistic, and much more so than the so-called cynical Ashkenazim who came in here who have an angle. They don't have angles. They are sincere. They are sincere. So, I so, mean, I, so I, I, this I, goes back to your... I have, this a, goes, way, yeah. I have a way to go. Uh,
0: so, so, you know, we, we, we talk often about um, figures who go beyond these differences, and of course you're usually pretty um, uh, pessimistic whether we could ever get beyond these things, despite speaking about them in flowery language. Uh, you're a realist, entrenched in in, in in class strife, and you understand that that's not going to change. However, there have been people, and I mentioned Rav Gorin before in his Yershalmi work, but also in his Chuvas, he does speak about the idea of of a world, maybe not that far off, although he does think it's going to be tough to get there, of, uh, of a complete mixture of Sfardim and Ashkenazim that turn into one Nusach. I know that Nocham Eliezer Rabinovich of Blessed Memory, Zechot Saddock of Rochel, also uh, spoke about this idea of, 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 a, of a pan culture, a culture beyond, where it would be time, and maybe it already is time to fuse now, you know, uh, especially the numbers are now helping in terms of the amount of sfardim sfardi Rabbonim, uh, uh, but it doesn't have to be, you know, coming up with the idea that we, we have one Siddur, one Nusach, and like you say, the the push to jettison kitnius has been there for a long time, but to come up with Minag Yisrael, which will have the best of the and the best of the Ashkenazim,
1: that's out. The Minacherit's Eretz serial is something that's espoused, especially by the Chardal community. The the Dati uh, the L'Umi community is, is espousing that. You'll hardly find a, an Israeli man that does not have a combined Slichot. The Slichot, including the chanting and the tunes. You go back from one to the other, one Ashkenazi, one Sephardi. I can tell you that the Zemirot at any Shabbat table, other than the Charedim, are mixed. You have Bonafide tunes that are there. There's no question. Dishes, there's no question. Dishes, any meal has, including in our house, uh, by perforce, it has uh, asfarti dishes as well. There's no doubt, and it would be, it feel be bereft. Hey, where, where's this? Where's that? You don't right. have any, whatever where,
0: it is. Where's the tabula? Where's the mudbacha? Where's well, the, or, sure. or or of course the hummus, which I think has become yeah, and, a, and, about-
1: and, the, and the grape leaves, and the fried the kibba, it's there. So th- those things are happening slowly, but I- I'm looking more in terms of the the psychology of it. There is a feeling of inferiority there and reactivity by the minority, but it's not really true respect saying, oh, no, there are certain safari scholars who feel um, that their way of scholarship is more, superior than the Ashkenazi, but those are the scholars, the man on the street and the uh, typical younger man in a Kolel, even if it's Kolel base Yosef, they do not feel that way. And they are tickled pink if they can actually have a Havruta who's an Ashkenazi and, and, and do the discourse with them. So it, yeah. it's not there. It's not there. And definitely the workers feel discriminated against no matter what they well,
0: do. Well, what about what usually... Changes society, was, of course is intermarriages. Part of the reason, right. you know, when we, you know, you've made the similarity, which I would be very afraid to do, but you from your perch can do that, comparing the Sephardic struggles in Israel to those of the African American community in the United uh-huh. States. And you know, one of the things that led to the most intense um, um, putting down of the African American community was the threat of miscagnation, of marriage of intermarriage between blacks and whites and this is what what, what would stoke the fear and, and, and really generated the clan's power in the south okay that's not true in israel in israel is, is there something from what you've observed where there's been no we don't marry into Sephardim the asfardom well, don't marry intermarry no, with no
1: no is intermarriage going on and again i see it as a much and in a much lower way, Ethiopians. You know, you see some intermarriage going on. You see many more Safari Ashkenazi. Yes, there are hybrid couples, a lot of them.
0: So but won't, that, are, won't, won't that... I also well. want
1: to say, you're mentioning intermarriage. There's another feature, and that is school integration. So definitely in the public school system in, in Israel there is an erosion of the class system simply because you're growing up with these people and you know them in a very uh, personal way. But, um, and and I know there's been a lot of resistance to integration in the Haredi
0: system. Uh, Not only resistance, I would say disgusting uh, behavior on the part of, there was a girls' school scandal that happened a number of years ago. Where I'm personally aware of it, yes. Yes. And this was and this was a Haredi Sfardi girls' school where they were they refused uh to meld the classes together. They they, they refused to bring these girls in, and they were treated in in, in, in really a, a terrible way. And um yeah.
1: basically what was happening is that the Sfardim were then assuming the role of the segregator saying some Svarim are not enough or are not fitting enough. And we are better and we're almost good enough to blend into the Ashkenazi, although based on the whims of the Ashkenazi school administrators. But, but So I have to say that from the secular point of view, based on the general school system, that is a harbinger of integration that's happening and definitely the army experience People come out of the army experience with much less bias and much less, and from the Sfari side, much less antipathy towards the Ashkenazim because they're in the trenches with you. They are being, you know, beat up at um, at the basic training. They have the same experience. I would say, unfortunately, that the more um, uh, uh, scholastic and the more Haredi, and those are two. When I say scholastic, I'm including. Um, university positions, you know, the the positions, the um, amount of professors there doesn't have a a profile that's so different than what happens in the, among the Knesset members, but at the bottom level, the school system, the common school system, and the army are major forces of integration, as they are with black Americans in the United States. You serve with a black comrade, you lose a lot of your um, racism. A lot of your antipathy, but I think it's it's still uphill. We're not there. We're not there.
0: And, and and you know and despite it's almost like you know starting from where we stopping here from where we started, um, it's almost like it's okay for a lagba omer to sort of like taste some of the svardek wildness, but then. Afterwards, the the cave closes up and then we uh-huh. go back to our own personalities again. We go back to to our own prejudices again. Uh, not necessarily, and again, I I would say, you know, an appeal for people from all, you know, the Jewish people that are listening to us talking today. I think that what, what maybe makes sense, and you can tell me if you agree and we can uh, finish the conversation on this note of agreement or disagreement, to step back and say, well, hmm, The idea, for example, of not black-sheeping family members, the idea of respecting um, the the traditions and the parents and the grandparents, um, the idea of giving that type of honor without cynical criticism is something which should be encouraged to be incorporated into the greater Ashkenazi or the greater Israeli or Jewish world. The Sephardim have that gift, and that is something which is extremely important and and we need to learn from our betters in that case on the other hand the Ashkenazim perhaps uh, the Sephardim can be honest and say the Ashkenazim have something to teach us in a positive way and maybe that we could they could own you know and say yes you know we can incorporate this we can incorporate a certain amount of skepticism healthy skepticism um and even uh the sort of uh the the excitement uh, that really is the Talmudic logic that you favor so much and try to incorporate it more. There's no reason why the two, what each strand brings to the table can't be adapted and, by the other. The idea that, oh, uh, you know, the, the famous story, they talk about how the, um, that in the Ilama from Chaim Brisker uh, is sitting in his table in Olam Haba, uh, you know, discussing Rambam and the rambam himself uh, walks by and he hears rav Chaim's explanation to his students in the in, in, in that uh, paradise world <laughs> and he says no that's not that's not what I, that's not what it means and the rambam says no actually this is where you, you 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 pause here at this point of the reading there was just a mistake about how the how the edition that you got I actually put the period here. You turn this into something else, so and therefore it's a much more simple point than you're making. And supposedly Rav Chaim says to the Rambam, Ah, franka Rambam, right? What does a what does a Sephardi know about how to learn up a Rambam? And of course, that story is—I'm sure you've heard it before—and maybe told better than I just did. But this is this idea that we 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 are stuck in a certain mindset and maybe. We could learn from each other in that way, uh, and, and that could perhaps, once we open up to what we need and what the other can give us, maybe that could actually lead to an embracing of the other. Or am I, or is this drinking the Kool-Aid that you <laughs> that you're telling me is psychologically impossible because we want to feel strong in our own communities and what we stand for.
1: So I, I, if to say, think of it this way, I think of it more like, a, as it like limits in math or an asymptote. It's definitely a goal that's worthy to get towards, especially in terms of, um, you know, the, just to be, I'm still under the show up, Paul, um, you know, after all the horrible things that have happened to Jews, a commonality among Jews seems to be a very positive value that we should strive for. And I think we're going to get closer to it. But in terms of saying you're there, you're you're far way off. So I, I definitely second this as a, as an ideal that uh, I'd love that would happen, I, and I wish there were some people who can put their two cents in there and make it or, or encourage the process. But, to, to but,
0: but it isn't just holding hands and saying "kumbaya." It's also recognizing. Well, you know, I said that we were going to end with this, but would you also admit that? You know, I know that you are, both of us are really children of the Shoah in many ways. Um, but would you admit that the Sephardim take umbrance to that as well? In other words, to them, although they suffered, there were definitely Sephardim in the Greek communities and Salonis and other places that were butchered horribly by by Nazi collaborators and other things. They weren't, you know, the Shoah has in many ways been an Ashkenazi story, right? It's, it's been the story of Eastern Europe, the story of the European Jewries. Uh, do, do you think that there's also a sense like this is like the sacred cow they can't touch? Every, you know, here, here comes a Sephardi child who needs to, you know, hear about, you know, uh, another Holocaust, the Nazis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's not really in their it didn't affect so much uh the jews in yemen it didn't affect so much uh many of the jews from some of the moroccan communities as much although morocco was also underneath uh the nazi control and the french but you know it, it maybe I'm, I'm misspeaking about morocco but iran and the jews from iraq and other places and from and and, and, and right do you think maybe that also is sort of like it's like Everything is about the showa for so many years, and yet that's something that they can't necessarily th- embrace and say, oh, it's us. Maybe there should be less talking about it, less showa involvement would also let the Sephardim feel that they had uh, the rights and, and the abilities to be exactly like other citizens there.
1: Well, okay. I know, I mean, you have a point, but I can just say as a personal identifier with the Shoah, To me, Shoah is an essential part of Jewish identity these days, and to the Svaradim, it is not. There's no question. That's not what Judaism, that's not the central point. Like For many of us, if you have the central point that we'll talk about the justification for the Medina or the rationale or the proof of Medina, they'll cite the Shoah. The Svaradim will not.
0: And, and, not and that I,
1: they didn't have prosecution, but they didn't some have something of this man? So there again, it comes because we are in charge of Israel. The Sfardim are not. We said,
0: But as, as I've told you before, and we've talked about this, let's let the leaders and everyone understand there should be less emphasis placed on it, just as a way to allow the Sfardim to feel that it's their country as much as it is the Ashkenazi Yep.
1: yep. And there we get to knocking off monuments. Right. <laughs> Let's knock some of those monuments down all over Richmond and all over Washington because they stand for aspects. Well, in this case, it's not really aspects that are antithetical to society, but it's just not central to them.
0: Right. They, they, th- th- those monuments do not have to be deified or turned into these incredible icons. Yes, they know. And, and maybe even to use the historians in Israel to start streamlining the Shoah into other things as well, the Sephardic persecutions, where the Sfardim from whether it's the Almohad mm-hmm. massacres. And, and this way, I think we need it. Put it this way education, um, propaganda, all these things are methods of smoothing things over. And, and, and unless a, a major work is done on that, and that means toning down a little bit of Yom HaShoah as well and, and, and the Shoah mentality. The Sfardim are going to feel that you know they need to clap and be involved and and agree, but it's not their story. It should be the but the Israeli story, of course, could be theirs anyway. So um, I'm sorry for being such a dominating uh, presence here today, Sam. And I, I I'm I'm glad.
1: I'm glad.
0: <laughs> but but again, you are living the life, and you're the one who's out there and and can be a greater catalyst for change, um, uh, just by living there and by 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 ministering to people who who, who come to you, and in that way, perhaps be a voice. Um, uh, that we can move beyond this, this Fardik Ashkenazi rift. That's it, my friends. I hope I wish again, wishing you a, a great Bomer next week. Take care, everyone. And, uh, we'll keep the fires burning here on our end as well. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark and IDT podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.